Welcome to all the monkeys. This is the Monkey Business Show. I'm Aaron Hodges along with Eric Salzman and Richie Bennett. No snappy tagline today. That's the one thing. We're all over the place. We're going to be jumping around from topic to topic here. Oh, Eric, do you want to start with your choice for Song of the Summer? So, Oh, the the Song of the Summer is going to be The Age of Aquarius by The Fifth Dimension. <laughs> no, no, no. No, don't be coy with me. You know what the Song of the Summer is. I don't know. What is it? One Cassius Cuvée. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. That, yeah, that that that's a good way to lead it off. When when you want to, when you ask the question, you know, you know, you're in a bubble when, when a dude makes a rap song about <laughs> a special purpose acquisition company, <laughs> as Cassius Cuvée did. Um, and I listened to that. I, I, Aaron, you, I, I liked. I mean, I thought he did a decent job. He said, you know, you, you weren't you weren't as up on it as I was, but I was just like. Unbel- I, I, this is great. I got looked it up on Spotify, and it's uh, it's really something. And he drops every name. He drops every hey. name, and you know, of course, it's like props to props to the god Elon Musk. And I mean, it's just <laughs> he nails every every player. I think he nails raging, roaring kitty, whatever. He's got everybody. Like, there's a lot of name dropping in here. Yeah, <laughs> and it was great because all the guys that he name drops about like put on their Twitter or Instagram or whatever, like you got to listen to this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was complete brilliance right there. Like he got all kinds of, yeah. you know, free press. That's really the name of the game is that you just got to drop all these names. Right. So I don't know, maybe, maybe we got to make like a monkey business song and just drop some names. So like, yeah. I don't know, like if I could work in a rap about Lex Greensill, you know no. what I mean? Like yeah. just start dropping names like that. Mm. You know, he went uh, bankrupt uh, this week. In case our viewers don't know who Greensill is, that's a bad mm. thing, right? That's that's not good yeah, well, typically. Well, yeah, and, and there's more to follow because uh, the people at Credit Suisse, uh, the big bank, investment bank that was aiding and abetting him in his ventures, um, they just whacked a bunch of people. They didn't kill them, but they, <laughs> they fired them. They could have killed them, but they fired them, That those that were in charge of his kind of business over in Europe. Um, there may be some nice uh, criminal proceedings to follow. Who knows? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, they, you know, it's Richie and I were laughing because, you know, you remember Ebenezer Scrooge and his partner, Marley. I can't remember Marley's first name from... Um, from Jacob. Jacob. Jacob Marley, right. Jacob Marley. Like, so we're talking London 1850s. The business that they did, and probably the business that Marco Polo did back in the, the, the 1200s, I think. That's what this guy did. It was a, They just take the same old business model where, you know, companies don't – and I think, you know, remember when Zach was on, we're talking about, you know, bridging that point in time where, hey, you owe somebody money. But you haven't gotten paid, so there's an account. There's an account receivable, right? There's you somebody owes you money, you owe them money, and usually banks are the ones who get involved, and they kind of grease the skids, so everybody gets paid. And when you get paid, you you put your, you, know, you you borrow from the bank, you pay that guy. Then when the money actually comes into you, you pay back the bank, and you you take the money, right? So that's that's as old as. As old as I said, Mar- Marco Polo probably dates. Tale as old as time. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> I'm just getting ready for my smack song. That's all. Just just getting the pipes ready. <laughs> Every five years now, it's getting closer. Somebody takes this ancient business and sexes it up, right? And yeah, we got this great new thing, and we're going to issue bonds off of that. And, and and so basically, the whole thing had to do with you know they're doing business receivables, and they're they're kind of funding the difference so that one month, two month, three month funding. But the thing was that insurance companies come in and insure it and say, hey, if these guys don't pay, we're going to, you know, the insurance pays off. But the, of course, it probably started off with good stuff. And eventually, like everything else, it just starts, cha- the, the business starts chasing the deals, meaning you, you just start doing it with every Tom, Dick, and Harry because you're making money, right? You're, you're doing this, you got somebody to insure it, you're packaging the bonds, you're selling the bonds, you're making money. Sounds like the subprime crisis. That's what it was. It's like you start out with a decent business plan, and then you end up where you're making so much money packaging the shit and selling it that you you run out of you run out of good shit, and you start going after bad shit. And that's what eventually happened. And eventually, insurance companies flaked and said, "You know what? Like, we don't want to. We're not going to go this time around." And that was it. Collapse, like multi-billion dollar collapse. Tits up. Yeah, tits up. A pear shaped, right? Yeah, and. Um- there's a common theme in this and other talking about businesses as old as the hills. Um, SoftBank, which is the Japanese uh, funder for a lot of these um, startups, shall we say, startups. SoftBank was very involved in this Greensill game. Um, as a matter of fact, they just disclosed the other day that uh, another, on top of probably a couple of billion dollars to fund this thing, another $400 million was sent from SoftBank just in like, I don't know, January, maybe a couple months ago to keep this green sill going and it's not worked out. So the 400 million was basically take a big pile of money, open your window, throw it out. And that's what happens. And, and to remind you, SoftBank was also amongst other things, a very big investor in WeWork. Aha. Uh-huh. Which was a brilliant business model. Yes. Really. Because what they did was they bought up a bunch of leases yes. in buildings. Yes. And then sublet them out to others. This okay, so is that like that, that is, hasn't gone on before ever, ever. Yeah. It seemed like it might be a good idea, though, before the pandemic. Do you think that's a that's a business? Oh, it, it's a fine idea. Yeah, but the valuation of that company went from like nothing to like all the commercial real estate companies combined. Right, and it was kind of like, well, what are they doing? They're 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 leasing out for X, and then they're trying to sublease it to smaller guys for X plus. And that's it. That's that's the that's whole the thing. business model. Yeah, right. Right. Well, the commercial real estate guys who have been doing this forever sat there and went, well, what, what, what are they doing? That's so great. Like so special. Yeah. Okay. They have a lot of money because their market cap started climbing and they got more private equity money from SoftBank and others. So they could do more deals. But again, like they're subject to the same problems in the world in any scenario, pandemic or not, if rents go down, then you're stuck with a bunch of buildings. You're stuck. Then Richie, the number, uh, Richie just, to, just to go, again, let, let's go back to, again, this is how everything blows up, right? Is that 
They keep giving WeWork, and I forget the, the guy's name. The guy's the, the guy who runs Adam something. Yeah, he Adam was running jets and smoking yeah, dude. Suddenly he's a, yeah, flying around on jets. And maybe it starts out as a good idea, but then what happens is he keeps getting money. And when you start getting right. money and you gotta you, you start chasing the investments to put the money to work. Like this is how the Japanese banking system blew up in the in the in the nineties. This is how this is how every bubble happens. And eventually what happens is guys start chasing it. You start running after I got more money in, I gotta buy more real estate, as opposed to, you know what, I've probably hit the point where we should we should stop. But SoftBank, you know, I think it's Matsuyama san, he he's like, you remember, remember Richie Aaron's probably too young. Remember Brewster's millions, Richard Pryor? Sure. Where Richard Pryor has like he he's gonna get a fortune, but he has to spend like ten million dollars. He has to get rid of it. He has to like just somehow oh, yeah, get rid yeah, of the yeah. ten million dollars mm-hmm. as by a certain date, yep. and he and at the end he can't own anything. Right. Like he has to be done, and that's what this like. It seems like Son is trying to just take fifty billion dollars or whatever it is <laughs> and just try to just eva- make it all evaporate. Like I'm watching uh, Ozark now. Have you guys watched that? Oh yeah. And I'm at the point now where uh, spoiler alert, I guess if you haven't gotten there. Um, I'm at the point now where, um, God, what is it? Marty, Marty is his name. And, uh, he's kind of like trying to make things better for, um, the girl that he bought, um, the blue hen or blue cap or whatever. Like he feels bad because he just, you know, killed somebody and he's thinks he's about about to get killed. So he's just trying. (laughs) What a great show. But that's, yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like he's. He's doing right now is just trying to make things it's, right. Uh, it's coming back too. It's uh, is it good? They said that they've only done three seasons, but I think their their fourth is upcoming. Right, which will be because there's a good uh, there's a good ending to the last episode of three. I will not give it away. Okay, but it's it's pretty awesome. You kind of know it's going to happen, but right. the way it happens is, is really cool. Yeah, and that's like it's the last scene of season three. So you're, I was worried that you know I think it was more related to the pandemic, but uh-huh. like, they're not going to end this like this, are they? But yeah. they could have, they could have, I guess, but they're not, they're going to bring it back, which is good. So I love being, love being adva- of advanced age now because I can't remember anything about season three. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember a scene on a big party boat. They, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I haven't gotten there. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't remember anything. That that woman, uh, Ruth, the the blonde. Yeah. That, oh, dude. She's, she's from like, she's from like Connecticut or something. The actress. She's, she's really good. Perfect casting. Like I know that woman. She's so good. Yeah, I'm sure. If you lived in the Ozarks, right, you're probably like she doesn't talk like we talk. Right. But, but for the common person who's not from there, yeah, that, it, she seems pretty legit. And the kid, her cousin. Wyatt, who's right. the smart kid. Yeah, yeah. He's he's fabulous. Like and even the, the kids, Marty's kids. They uh-huh. were like little kids when they started the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They do a good job. Yeah, Jonah is like he he's he's getting into the monkey business right now where he's starting to branch out on his own uh laundering operations. That's that's pretty much where I'm at right now. It's fascinating. Yeah. Wow, I can't remember. Continue to watch. Continue to watch. For sure. Watch Ozark. Um some serious monkey business going on there. We'll definitely talk, I guess, more about Greensill and stuff. It's a little over my head, a little inside baseball. You don't even have to know a lot about it. You just have to file it under 
this is, yeah, this is what happens. And this is how billions of dollars evaporate, how some dudes get to fly around on not one jet, but four jets. <laughs> and you know what? He'll be back. Like yeah. within two or three years, he'll be back doing the same shit all over again. Like Dave Chappelle, you know, the guy, guy gets, your buddy gets out of prison. You'll be right back there in six months. Yeah. He's doing the same shit like that. <laughs> Let's give some love to Cassius Cuvee, and then we're going to talk about the broader market. All right. If you win a SPAC game, you know what I'm talking about. We sick of IPOs day one locking us out. My man Randy first told me DraftKings would go public. It's merging with a SPAC and the market gon' love it. I'm like, a SPAC? What the hell's that? You get in on the ground flow. It paid big, so I searched and then I found Mo. Found Mo. Mo. That's, that's perfect. Like, that, that song is just, I'm sure it resonates with a lot of our esteemed viewers as well. It, it probably helped them get into the SPAC business or is helping them to think about getting into the SPAC business. I'm all in on Cassius Cuvée, man. I'm all in. This is, you're going to see me cruising down main street, (laughs) windows down, seaside Heights, going down the boardwalk. (laughs) This is what I'm bumping. Okay. Seaside. No surprising, but I can tell Jimmy Chill likes polarizing. It amazes you how many EVs are in favor. Much respect to Mr. Musk, Elon the Trailblazer. Like David Faber say, I got a spack in a dream. And this is this is where it gets this is where it gets really cringy though. That the next like five seconds where you're like, you didn't have to do a hook. That was probably a girlfriend he promised he'd put on the record. That's yeah, what it yeah. looks like. She Actually, did yeah. I did some digging, man, and uh, there's there's a video for it on YouTube. So oh, there should be. And yeah. Uh, wow, yeah, it's a it's a real like posse type of video, you know. Just yeah, he's, he's so got- they did eighty three billion in spacs last last year, and they've done sixty five billion, I think, the first two months of uh, of two thousand and twenty one, and just yesterday, I believe. The SEC said they're going to start looking into this. They're going to start looking into this. Maybe some disclosure problems. Maybe there's some monkey business going on. Good job, guys. You know, there's there's another there's 150 billion of them now out there. And now now you're going to start looking like good, good, good job. Good job. Yeah. uh, Gary Gensler has been uh, appointed right as the new Mm -hmm. SEC. Yeah. He yesterday, I think he paid. He got 14. He got um. Well, I guess it'll be voted on in the Senate, but through that committee, they needed, uh, you had to, through that committee, there's 24 members, 12 Republicans, 12 Democrats. Mm-hmm. And if it's a tie, which I don't know who wrote those rules, but interesting, even if it's a tie, 12 to 12, it goes to the to the vote for the Senate, for, from the Senate. And he actually got 14 out of 24. So two mm-hmm. Republicans, all Democrats voted, and two Republicans. And that probably has to do with people thinking and in his past kind of true he's an old goldman sachs banker so he knows all the tricks and they probably think he's going to come down pretty hard on a lot of this stuff and i would think uh you know he's talked about gamestop and he he called it the gamification of gamestop stock so the new sheriff will be looking let's see what he gets done but he will be looking at these things. So what happened, yeah. uh, we're recording Thursday. <clears throat> uh, Wednesday was, I guess, a really wacky day for GameStop. Uh, Eric, you were saying you've never seen anything like what happened. So what, yeah, what did I, happen? I, 
I've seen a lot. You know, Richie and I, we've all seen a lot in the last three decades. Are and you still in, was, by the way? Do that, you still was, have it? What's that? Do you still have the no, game stuff? No, you saw I, it. Yeah. I, uh, I got out of like, uh, I made like 60 points, I think, on it. And I got out. But like, a, I think I got out of 150. That's um, good. I was kind of waiting for it to go back down to 60 again. Like, so anyway, it never went back. It went back down a bit. Like, it, it got up to 170, and then it went down to 120. And I can't remember what it was. But so it started going. In fact, the week, maybe it was early last week, or late, when the market was really melting down, when interest rates were going up and the NASDAQ was getting killed, and, and Richard was making a fortune that we'll get into that. <laughs> um, and... I, I mean, literally, the, like you see in the S and P, just go straight down, and, and GameStop starts going up. Like the Reddit guys, though, they don't give a shit. Like they, they just said, let's push this fucker up. So literally, while the market's going down, GameStop went up like I think 40 percent from where it was, and it's been going up and going up. And we came into yesterday, I think it was around two fifty, two sixty, and it's just started taking off. You know, right in the morning, um, and it. Went up to about three fifty, maybe it got higher than three fifty, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I, you know, I'm wow, it's laughing about it, and, and then we're watching because yesterday a big event was the, uh, the the U.S. Treasury ten year auction was a big event because people are worried if the auction went bad, rates are going to you know explode higher, and that's going to be more pain to the market. So, so what happened there? On that, um, the auction actually went went okay, um, but we're focusing on that, and all of a sudden I see like you know trading halted on on GameStop. I'm laughing. It's probably getting near 400. It was at 170. It went from 350 to 170 in about 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Maybe less. Wow. At, and then, and then it went back to, it went back up to, I think it closed at like 260. So mm-hmm. I, I've, I've never, and all of the, um, all of the meme stocks, they call it costs and, um, AMC. yeah, yeah. Like costs went up like seventy percent yesterday. It's like when these guys want to flex their muscles, it's just you know. And this, I don't know what they think they're going to do about it. There's, there's nothing illegal about what they're doing. Can I, I mean, can I float a conspiracy theory that obviously isn't very well thought out? Um, couldn't there be people on both sides of this making money as soon as it goes up and down drastically like that? Of course, sure, sure. Of course, I, I, it, the whole thing. The, so. It's funny too because they like we're bringing it to light, but this didn't get the same kind of press that the whole move did in January and February. You know what I mean? Like everybody was talking about GameStop. Very few people were right, really talking about this move yesterday. Maybe because it went back up. I, I don't know, but that's a big move, and that tells me that there were more than Reddit guys because right, a lot of these Reddit guys they had the. The YOLO, you know, you only live once, uh, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out, you know, diamond hands or whatever the hell that means. Um, hold on for dear life. Oh, that that was it. Yeah, Roaring Kitty did his uh, hold on for dear life acronym yesterday. When yeah. the, the and like you're basically looked down upon if you sell. Right. Right. So it, it, a lot of these Reddit guys are buying and keeping or buying again. So for it to move from 350 to 170 that tells me that there were other characters in play who were making dough and then i do remember too when it hit its last high um like a month ago month and a half ago one of the big orders almost at the top 
was like a, I want to say a 20,000 share order. So you multiply 20,000 times 350. That was no Reddit guy. That's you know big I mean? money. Like, that was yeah. somebody big. That's that big was money. somebody real big. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely people playing it. I wouldn't be surprised, although he might get in trouble with his investors, if the if the guy from uh, Melvin isn't still playing. Uh, Plotkin, the guy who they, they went after to like kill, which they did not kill, by the way. Maybe he made the maybe he made his whole year back on that three fifty to one seventy. He might have. He might have. <laughs> I know he was up after the whole mess where he said he was completely out of GameStop, like the month of February, I think he was up his funds were up like twenty five percent. Right. We were saying we were laughing on the next show. He only needs to make seventy five more percent, and he can get back to where he where he started. But <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah, so, something went on. But like you said, it, it just it's just become the market's becoming numb to it. Like, all right, well, that's what happens with GameStop. You know, I mean, it started out with good news. Like the, I mean, I don't think it's worth eighteen billion dollars, which is kind of where it is with this valuation. But you know, all of a sudden, okay, Ryan Cohen's now involved. Uh, he's you know, basically he. He he kicked out the uh, the old CFO, chief financial officer. Brought, so he's bringing in, he's making it a very you know online internet biz online business now. And so yeah, I mean, look if what's the company Roblox Roblox Roblox, Roblox yeah they went public yeah. yesterday Wednesday right yeah and I thought maybe it had something to do with that like in sympathy because the, the IPO went ballistic and they they got they ended up at the end of the day worth 38 billion and they they're they've been around for a while as a as an online platform for, I just started gaming. hearing about them yeah my one of my nieces was talking about it the other day I I had never heard of them uh yeah was, I honestly but but okay so GameStop's not now GameStop is would be you know not not a competitor they would be actually someone who would be working you know kind of uh in sync with with it with an online game like that i believe so maybe right I, at first i thought well okay like that's going up in sympathy with that and the whole game you know, yeah. all gaming online gaming is going up but yeah what happened getting it to over 350 and then dropping to 172 is just and then back to 260 was just crazy yeah well broadly speaking i mean a lot has happened in the market this week i mean we had the uh, the stimulus bill signed into law mm-hmm. that's a big deal and I guess there was news on the on the treasury bonds and uh, interest rates as well. So, yeah, I mean, what's what do you guys forecast for? I guess the rest of this week, next week, the next couple months. What's what are we looking at? Well, for rates, uh, so yeah, so the market was really scary. Remember we talked about last week how the reason why rates were going up a lot and people talk about inflation. I'm sure there's people that are you know thinking maybe. Inflation is more is closer than where where the Fed thinks it's going to be. Where the Fed because what happened last last week is uh, Jerome Powell, the the chairman of the Federal Reserve, um, spoke in like a, a webinar and he or a lot whatever virtual thing, and he as the as rates were going up and people were kind of wringing their hands about potential inflation, he basically said, "I'm I'm not worried about inflation right now, and I'm not worried about these rates." And the market that now that was a very significant thing that he said, meaning I, I'm not bothered by this rate increase by by long term rates rising. And, you know, what he was basically saying was oh, the market was looking for if he said, yeah, this is starting to concern me. Well, the way the Fed could stop that and make rates go down again on the longer end, like the 10 year, the 30 year 
is to buy more bonds. So maybe they were looking for him to say, you know, I, I am watching this and I'm starting to get uneasy about it. And, and that signals the market that the Fed's going to come in and do more what we call quantitative easing to buy more bonds. They buy 80 billion right now a month. Maybe they would increase that or think about increasing that. So the fact that he didn't say that, the market really, the, the rate market really shit the bed last week. So it came into this week and there was an, a, a two-year auction for about 60 billion. And then yesterday was the 10-year auction. And that's what everybody was waiting for. It happens at one o'clock New York time uh, yesterday. And they, the treasury was auctioning off 38 billion more 10 years. And everyone was worried that, the, the, that it wouldn't go well. And you know what? It, it didn't go great, but it didn't go bad. So the market pretty much, uh, you know, kind of absorbed it. And seems like rates are a little more, uh, you know, kind of we're in that we may be in a range now. Um, but today we have 24 billion of the long bond. The third year uh, Treasury is being auctioned at one o'clock. And who knows what's going to happen with that right there this morning. It's selling off quite. A, it's selling off quite a bit. Um, so. Yeah, rate, the market, the equity markets, especially the, the NASDAQ and the tech stocks, as we've been saying, you know, since we started this thing, and Richie's been really pointing it out, super sensitive to rate increase, to, to interest rates going up. And we saw, we basically saw the market melt down, especially these really vulnerable sectors like sectors like the SPAC, you know, there's actually a SPAC index that you can watch. And a that SPAC? Dropped like what the hell is that? <laughs> uh, right. Uh, you know, Kathy Woods, the big, she, she has this big ETF that everyone loves called ARK, A-R-K, K is the symbol. And uh, that, if you look at what their holdings, it's all the stocks that, you know, it's all about disruptors and, you know, the kind of tech tech disruptors. And that thing got, that thing was getting annihilated. As soon as rates started going up, that thing started getting crushed. So, you know, got to keep our eye on rates. You brought up uh, the stimulus package. Definitely. Here's, here's something that, um, that uh, we should consider. Freddie Mac just came out today and said that, so we've had all this, everyone's been refinancing their mortgage, right? So people who own homes have been refinancing their mortgage. Well, you can, because home values have gone up, people have been doing what's called cash out. They're taking, they're not, they're not just refinancing the loan, the $200,000 loan they've got, because the value of the house went up, they're saying, you know what? Make the mortgage two fifty. So they're taking fifty thousand dollars of equity out. They said right now, since two thousand twenty, that one hundred and fifty three billion dollars of equity, cash, has been taken out by homeowners. And let's face it, people are, haven't been spending that much. So that just really drives home the point that there's an awful lot of savings out there. Um, banks are saying this is they've, they've never been more full ever with regards to you know, deposits and liquidity. They're awash in money. Um, and this cash out refis is another example. When people worry about inflation, um, they're, when the economy opens back up again, boom, there's going to be an awful lot of money to be spent up demand. And th- this is a big number. And this is why uh, the U.S. always seems to come back faster than Europe and Japan with these crises with what the central banks do because you lower that mortgage rate in the United States, you've got so many homeowners, they can, they can refinance and they get a lot more money in their pocket just from the monthly payment. And then if they cash out refi and they take the home value went up, they get even more money. So that's a huge stimulus to the market. I mean, to the economy. I mean, that's, it's also kind of a risk as a homeowner, right? Because sure, if the, sure. the home value doesn't keep up with the, the new uh, debt that you've incurred, right. you're in a big hole. 
right? Right. So I guess that's, yeah, I mean, that's, the that's risk what happened in 08, right? Is that in 07 was every you know, people did that. And then when the, when the housing crisis hit, all of a sudden they were what's called upside down on your mortgage, which means you owe the bank more than, than what your, your house is worth. worth. Right. And yeah. So history repeats itself over and over again. I, 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 I wouldn't doubt that, 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 that happens, you know, I mean, housing prices have just gone berserk. Um, you know, as people look to, you know, more and more people looking to leave the cities and get and, and buy homes in the suburbs. And Richie was talking about it. Like that was one, wasn't that one of your picks, Richie? You had a, uh, you were a home builder pick, right? Yeah. Toll. Toll. Toll brothers. Yeah. Toll. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's an awful lot out there. One last thing I want to bring up just for fun. Um, or not. So did you notice that, uh, so Portnoy, your favorite guy, Aaron, uh, so Portnoy at Barstool, uh, he backed. I think he's a backer, and he's involved with a um, with a uh, an ETF that was launched last week called Buzz B U Z Z. Perfect. And what Buzz is is it, it tracks a an index. Vanek uh, has an index that essentially it scrapes all the into it scrapes Reddit, it scrapes things like Barstool, and it decide and it sees well who are these. Who are these all these internet influencers and sites? Who do they like? And then it weights the portfolio to, hey, that's what these guys like. So we're gonna, you know, so the portfolio is kind of dynamic. And if we see that, hey, you know, these these this new force, these re, you know, retail investors who are very involved in day trading and they're very involved in these um, in a, you know the, the kind of internet sites and group group chats. If they like certain stocks, we're gonna we're gonna overweight those stocks they're gonna, buy, they're gonna buy more of those stocks in the etf and what's funny is like davy day trader is probably the richie biggest second biggest influencer on the internet for, for stock picking so what could possibly go wrong that dave's got a stake in buzz and he's the guy who basically if he says buy blah 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 everyone's gonna buy him and buzz is gonna go up like it doesn't seems like there's something a bit a little bit of monkey business could go on there, whether he whether he intends to or not. And I'm not saying he does intend to, but it again how the SEC just kind of yeah that's fine go ahead. I mean I I don't something wrong is going to happen there whether he intends to do it or not. This is going to be a problem. Yeah, I think um, based on all this and just taking a bigger picture view going forward. I still think with all this pent up demand, uh, you know, they say savings rates amongst households in the U.S. is huge due to not being able to spend on regular things for a long time. And now that we're getting the vaccines and people are seeing, you know, some light at the end of the tunnel where things could open up, you could see a big push in buying stuff, going on trips, you know, buying big ticket items. You know, it, and, you know, maybe a lot of these people that um, taking their cash out in these refinancings are going to fix up the kitchen, you know, get a new dishwasher, do a little thing to the porch that they always wanted to do, fix up the garage, fill up the attic. You know, <clears throat> that has a trickle effect on all the other businesses, right? Furniture stores, anything, appliance stores. So, all that being said, <clears throat> with rates still at, 10-year rates still around 1.5%, you 
I don't think it takes much for them to go to two. And I, I still don't think, you know, Powell, <clears throat> the head of the Fed, cares about 2% rates. He's going to go, yeah, but, you know, 40 years ago, rates were at 18. Like, we're, we're not close to, to that. We're fine. So as he does that, <clears throat> that's fine. And it may not have big implications for the overall S&P 500, for example. But I still think it's going to have overall problems for the tech markets, meaning any tech company, big growth company, doesn't even have to be tech. Any company that's not making a lot of money but is buzzworthy and they're planning on, you know, don't worry, in two years we will be profitable. In three years we will be profitable. In four years – And what you get when that happens is a lot of people being like, yeah, but what about the stock over there? I like that one because they actually have been making money for like 20 years and they continue to make money and they're boring. Yeah, they're boring, but it's not boring if the stock keeps, you know, going up on an escalator and no, it's not like up to 100% or up 300%, but it's up and I'm happy to have it. And I know they make a lot of money, so I think the downside is is limited. So now I sit there and go, okay. Oh, and, and dividends, right? Dividends, That's a yeah. thing that these smaller, not well-known maybe, or even bigger, these companies that pay dividends, that's a nice piece of change every month or every quarter for investors where a lot of these big growth companies don't pay dividends, right? So, like, people might be like, you know what, give me the safer stuff. I still believe in the market. I think the market's going to go up, but I, I'm not so big on these, you know, tech things. The growth stocks. Yeah. And I still think you, you get that. Now, obviously, we've been talking about it, and I've been making some good money, but there's no doubt Tuesday was painful for me. Right? That thing that thing just turned on a dime. The NASDAQ went up. I was sure. Tesla went up 100 points. Right? 100 points. I was like, Damn but I didn't do anything. I didn't cut the position. I didn't add to it. I just, I'm just sitting here. And today again, like yesterday, the NASDAQ was kind of flat, although the other parts of the market, the S and P 500, the Dow Jones, the Russell 2000, which is the small caps that those were all up nicely. Mm-hmm. Another interesting point too, is I was checking around it just randomly on Monday, the, Dow was up, or the S&P was up 1%, right around 1%. And the, the NASDAQ was down 2%. And I was like, damn, that it's happened the opposite way. Right, where and, the the NASDAQ, Dow was up, and the Dow was up 2%. Right. It's happened the opposite way a lot lately, right? Where tech stocks really fly, and then the Dow and S&P don't do shit. But this time, it was the other way, and I was like, Man, I bet it's been a long time since that ha- has happened. I checked it out. It was 20 years ago to the day. March 8th, 2001 was the last time that it happened. And then to check your history books, that was right around the time when the dot-com boom was, was now ending and all these tech stocks were getting hit. And I keep saying to some of my pals out there in the market, like, this smells a lot like the dot-com boom. 
these days. And people will poo-poo that. Ah, dude, no, no, no. This isn't like, you know, this isn't like pets.com and shit like that. We're like, stocks only go up. They only go up. Yeah. Those companies back then had no real business models. They were just new to the internet. They put a .com at the end of their name of the stock and they just went up. And that was all bullshit. They're not good. Like clubhouse media. (laughs) Exactly. And And I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, but, some of these tech stocks, you know, okay, they have a business, you know, they're making revenues, but a lot of this stuff costs money, you know, like, like you took, you talk about the cloud, right? That's a big thing these days, the cloud, right? But like, all right, so have some of these smaller or midterm sized companies that are doing the cloud. Well, you know who else does the cloud? Microsoft, Amazon, right? Like, are you telling me that some, maybe some of them will. You know, maybe some of these smaller cloud-only companies are going to overtake, you know, a lot of these bigger players. But I wouldn't bet on it. Right, Microsoft. You think that they – it seems to me like the business plan is to get bought out by by Microsoft just just to get get them out of the way. And that's kind of when you get into the – because I know you make that great point about the uh, electronic electric vehicle uh, companies that none of them make any money. Um, even Tesla really. And like you say, well, you know, I, the last I checked, Ford still makes cars. Toyota still makes cars. Honda still makes cars, you know, uh, you know, obviously, uh, GMC, uh, General Motors. Um, so, you know, they're going to, they're in this business too. So I, I guess like, if you like lucid motors, do you like lucid motors because you think they're going to become a player or because someone will just say, yeah, you know what? They, I, I like that bit of technology they have just by the company. Like that's what uh, General Motors did with uh, that, that truck company, N- the electric truck company, N- Nikola. And uh, people like Nikola because it was named because Nikola Tesla. So that's what, that's why they call it. And that was the one where the, the thing didn't even work, right? The guy, the, the demo, they basically pushed the truck down the hill. And they showed up, <laughs> like, it's, it's, dude, it, it you think like you'd have to make this shit up. Like it's funny. No, it's real. Like they had a, they had a demo and they showed it and it was the, the thing was rolling down the hill. Yeah. The, the hydrogen, the hydrogen battery or whatever it was, that technology that GM paid, they paid two, they were going to pay $2 billion for this company just for, or not even, not for the whole company, just a stake in the company. And when this happened, you're like, what did they do any due diligence? I mean, obviously not. Right. They didn't actually, you know, okay, turn that fucker on and let me watch it drive around the block a couple of times. No, they, they pushed it down a hill. That's hilarious. The, so, uh, speaking of, uh, GM stock has actually done very well over the last month or two. Really flying. Probably because they're out of that deal and they figured out how to make some electric batteries themselves or buying another company that's real. Um, but also uh, yesterday, it's yesterday. I saw a headline of an article. I didn't read it, but I saw a headline. Basically, it was saying, like, throw away all these electric companies that are trying to compete with Tesla. There's only two that are really going to matter. Tesla's one, and Volkswagen is the other. Volkswagen, the guy teased it. The CEO teased it yesterday on their report, calling about talking about Power Day or something. So the speculation is Volkswagen may have found a big-ass electric battery situation and they're going to play. So when you sit there and you see that, you're like, okay, well, hold up. Um, Volkswagen. Yeah. Oh, they make all the cars in the world. Um, They make the most cars of anybody. 
in the world. More than Toyota, more than Ford, more than Volkswagen. Volkswagen. So now they're going to be the competitor to Tesla. Uh-huh. So if you're a Tesla, you know, I don't know about electric cars, but you get some religion with that electric car business. What are you going to do if you're like, oh, Volkswagen? Yeah, they've been around. Oh, they own Porsche. Oh, shit. I can get a Porsche electric car? That's pretty fancy. Yeah. That's fancy. Like Tesla. Mm-hmm. Right? It's called Porsche. People know that name. I can get behind that. And so every time that happens, Elon the King, as Cassius has sang, <laughs> all praises a little, <laughs> a little less king, right? Right. And, and of course, because he's Elon, he will be on to the next thing immediately. Elon's going to be okay. Soon. This, yeah. is, this is what you will see soon. Yeah. He'll be talking a lot more about rockets at Mars uh-huh. than he is talking about electric cars. You sure. watch. Sure. And what he's going to do by doing that, he's going to be like, they're going to ask him those questions, right? Because he loves his Twitter and he loves his press conferences. And then he's going to bring somebody in. He's going to bring in Mary or Joe. And Mary or Joe are going to be the new experts on electric cars. Uh-huh. And you will. He's going to sit there and they're going to be asking him questions. And he's going to be talking about Mars or whatever. And somebody's going to say, now, how about this Volkswagen guy? Coming to get you. Yes, Mary and Joe are right here for this commentary. Go <laughs> yeah. ahead, Mary. And Joe. Right. And right. then the, the camera will come back on and he'll be gone. Or he'll be smoking <laughs> a doobie. He'll be smoking a doobie in the back. Like like that. That's it. I, I'm done with this shit. Right? If we're putting in predictions of what uh Elon's next thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on a stand-up stage anytime soon. <laughs> Well, he can, he can buy every comedy club there is. He right? could. Well, listen, let's get this uh, this Brett Raybould spec going, and uh, <laughs> maybe we make Elon the chairman of the board. Let's go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, he's getting cozy with Rogan, and there's, there's this whole influx of uh, comedians moving to Austin now. So I re- I'm serious. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries stand-up comedy. <laughs> Still cannot believe this happened. And nobody seems to say anything about it was, I mean, not Elon Musk, Tesla, the company Tesla bought a billion and a half of Bitcoin, like the company, which, and at one point when Bitcoin went on its big run a few weeks ago and went to like 60,000, they someone said that Tesla's made more money on Bitcoin than they've made selling cars, I think. Going back to the beginning, they made it in like two weeks. Now, I mean, if anything goes on with Bitcoin to the to the negative, I mean, you're a stockholder, and you're, the owner of that company, the guy who runs the company, decided to take a billion and a half of cash in that company and convert it to Bitcoin. Like, if any if anybody in corporate America was running a big company, said, you know what, I'm going to take a billion and a half dollars of free cash flow. I'm going to buy gold with it and put it in a vault. You'd probably be a little pissed off, right? Like you didn't buy that company to make a Bitcoin play, right? You you bought that company because <laughs> they're making electric cars. So just some things to think. A lot of things have happened and have really gone under the radar. There's so many ridiculous things happen every day. But a lot of this is going to come back and bite people in the ass, I think. Yeah. Um, 
Props to Bitcoin, too. Props to Cassis. So I'm surprised he didn't say anything about Bitcoin in his rap. Well, I'm um, sure I'm sure there's, there's something else coming, man. I, I think we're going to hear more from Cassius for sure, for okay. sure. Um, <laughs> I got to give – we got to move into to Richie's picks, and I got to give you a, a little bit of props and, the, and Eric, the show in general. I have officially made a monkey business picks watch list on the Ameritrade app because – I'm a believer. I'm a believer. You guys are giving really sound advice. I went back and listened to old episodes, and a lot of times, like, I'm trying to host and just keep up with this conversation that's over my head most of the time. Uh, but now I'm, like, listening for, like, actually what you guys are saying about the investments, and I'm, like, looking at the charts, and I'm like, well, goddamn, maybe I should just follow these picks. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so make us rich, Richie. All right, I got I got one today, and keeping the others on, you know, uh, you know, I, I uh, commented last week. I'm still on schedule for next week's visit, uh, this week's visit to lovely Las Vegas, Nevada, Aha. where I'm going to do some work and uh, study the local environment, of course, see how the <laughs> games of chance are operating. Yeah, you see the. Uh, I've heard that um, they still don't have most places. I don't believe you can smoke or drink at the tables, which is an interesting phenomenon. I want to watch that. How they that ain't taking out. that away from the penny slots, though. Yeah, I mean, the the I think more the smoking than the drinking. Like those people like their cigarettes. Mm. Um, that's going to impact. Like like I don't know how that all plays out when you're sitting on your favorite penny slot wearing your mask you know but but i will report back of course quick dip and um, sip right yeah I, I don't think you can do that like no. i think like like you have to be at a you know open restaurant sitting with act while actively actively drinking or eating to have your mask up but i will i will report back Yes. But uh, one one of the big winners we've had was and still continue to keep is Boyd Gaming. BYD is the ticker, and I'm still with that. Um, they're they're a locals casino all over the country. They have about 25 or 30 locations all over the U.S. And it's mostly you know like the the common person's place. It's not the touristy place. People don't fly into Vegas to go to Sam's Town which is owned by Boyd, the, the locals go there. Gotcha. Or like the workers. A lot of the, the dealers at, at, say, Bellagio or or the bartenders there, they'll go gamble at a local's place because mm-hmm. they feel comfortable and the minimums aren't as high and you know, they usually get better deals. Um, so we'll stay with that one. But the new one uh, that I want to buy is a company called Sifco. It's S is in Sam, I is in Indigo. F is in Frank. Sifco manage, uh, m- makes uh, a lot of equipment for airlines, airplanes, really, and uh, some energy uh, infrastructure. That stock has flown a, a lot. Like they thought, pandemic-wise, they were done. Airlines are over, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's done er- everything the opposite since the pandemic. I think the stock was at about two bucks at one point. It's now, it's not about ten. Um, 
but I like that one because, again, same theme. They make a lot of money. They do boring things. But it's stuff that's needed. And uh, you, you, know how much that, you know how much the market cap is on that stock? What? Now let's look at let's look at GameStop. Oh. GameStop is eighteen billion. If I'm reading this right. Sixty-four million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like we could probably all get together with a spac and just buy that. <laughs> buy it, right? And and you know they, they'll they'll churn out money every quarter somehow. Nice and boring, but seriously, if I was, I wish I had bought it at two. Right. You know, I had looking at it until recently, but two to ten is no joke, right? Wow. Even amongst GameStop people, right? That's five hundred percent. So what alerted nice. you to that stock, Richie? Just to edit, maybe some edification to people like this. So, so what? You know, it's a it, it's not a well known name. So what 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 kind of brought your attention to that stock? I do some screening with. Uh, with a lot of stuff, um, primarily uh, price-to-earnings ratios, and I screen for – these days I, li- I like to screen for the smaller cap stuff because I really think that's got a nice room to run. Um, we've talked about it before, but the difference between – so you have a bundle of stocks n- known as growth stocks, right? These are big tech stocks and companies that are promoting that they're going to make so much more revenue in the future. They're going to grow it leaps and bounds versus value stocks. Value stocks is a nice word for boring or they don't, you know, these are sleepy companies. They just happen to make money every quarter. So for the last 10 years, <coughs> if you versus growth, you basically got smoked. Like you still made a little money, but you, all your pals that bought the, the latest and greatest whiz bang doodad stock that was a, you know, a disruptor, they look like a hundred times smarter than you. They're like sitting there going, dude, what, what are you buying? Like, dude, I have Tesla, bro. Like Tesla rides, bro. GME. Come on, bro. That's what I have. I have that shit. What do you got? What is this? And just over the last two months, since the year has started, that stuff has changed. Now, like, the NASDAQ the other day on Monday, before it jumped on Tuesday, fell into a correction zone, which is, uh, by definition, 10% lower than its previous high. Okay. And that high was hit on February 12th, right? So from February 12th to March 8th, not a long time, the NASDAQ went down 10%. Wow. That's a lot. Right, that's a lot. Um, the value stocks, they went up. So what happens? And over time, by the way, over time, we're talking history—hundred years, two hundred years. Value stocks have outperformed growth stocks. Right. So now you're talking about ten years where value's gotten smoked. What happens if the next ten years value smokes growth? So you'll have a lot of unhappy people who used to talk shit about being long Tesla and, you know, CRM and all these other like Facebook and brilliant, brilliant companies that are disruptors. And you're sitting there with some old ass bank or energy company or industrial company. And you're like, yeah, bro, my, my portfolio is doing good. 
Associated Bank isn't going to get name dropped in a rap song. No, no, no. it'll just make it'll just make money. <laughs> unless yeah. unless we call uh, King Elon and tell him with his own money, yeah, dude, why don't you buy that company? Like, uh, you need a bank. You can run all your Bitcoin through that shit. <laughs> and, and just to the young investors out there, you know what? When you buy, I mean, when you buy these value stocks and you buy stocks that pay dividends. It's great because one day you pull up that, hopefully you're not on Robinhood anymore. You pull up your E-Trade or your TD Ameritrade and you look and you see this, where did this cash come from? Yeah. Oh, I've got, I have a thousand dollars of extra cash. Where did that come from? Oh, the dividend that they, they paid a dividend. So that's like, like, like if you look at the AGNC pick that I made, like I, I, I buy a lot of that. Um, oh, okay. You know, it's gone from whatever, we 15, 80 to 16, whatever. That's not so great, but all along, and then the preferreds are paying big dividends. You know, the AGNC, the mortgage REITs, they pay a dividend every month. Every month they pay a dividend. The preferreds pay a huge fat dividend every month. They're not going to go up. You know, the, the price isn't going to go up 300%, but it's going to go up or it's going to stay relatively stable and it's going to keep churning out this, these dividends. Um, so, to not have some of that in your portfolio, I think, is a, is a big mistake. To be all overweighted, and that's where uh, most people are, is in these sexy growth stocks um, that you know um, are very, are very, we've, as they've proven, are very, very vulnerable to a, to a number of things. I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned last episode, Eric, and then we'll wrap up with Richie's picks. Um, you mentioned when you were talking about ASML. Mm-hmm. It's a high price tag, and you mentioned that you like to get into stuff that has like a barrier of entry. So I guess that high right. price tag is that. Can you kind of like explain your thinking on that a little bit? Sure. I mean, any any company that that A is making something good, like this is this is Warren Buffett's thing, right? Is that you know I'm just trying to think of an industry like like ASML. Uh, our friend Mauricio really identified Mauricio identified ASML back when he was. He was kind of making, he was stock picking for some pretty wealthy guys. And he put them into that stock at around 200. Wow. Yeah. And they, yeah, when that thing hit the it's high, it was, it was 600. And honestly, I don't, it has to do with it's the type of chip that they make. The type of chip that they make, just said no one, nobody makes it. They make it. It's, it's, it's used in tons of applications, but it, a, the thing is, it costs a lot of money. You have to. There's a lot of hurdles or the moat that you have to get over to even get involved in the business. So, it's not like, and that's why, like, even so, think about even GameStop. Why I liked it, I liked it in the, you know, I owned it in the '70s and the '80s. But what I liked about it was that there's a decent amount of things that you have to do to get into that business. You know, like, and I like GameStop because. They're in the business already. They've got this great database of users. Um, you know, they, they have all the relationships with, with with the game makers. You know, all it takes is that that big pivot to move it online, which is all right, that that that's a barrier. But they can do that, and they already have all the other stuff. Where somebody else, let's take the opposite: a stock that just, you know, I mean, it's oh, that's a good idea. But guess what? 10 other guys could think that's a good idea too. And suddenly they're in the business as well. There's nothing to, there's no like big economic leap that, that anybody needs to, to take to get into your business. And God forbid one of the big guys sees it and says, Hey, you know what? There is, 
We'll spend, we'll spend $100 million. We'll be in that business, and then we'll wipe those guys out. We're not going to buy them out. We're just going to wipe them out. So it's just as much about the price of the stock as it is the fundamentals of the business and what it takes what to get do. it. Like yeah, the competition. What they do and yeah. who their competitors are. Right. And can if things get going, can their competitors go from 10 to 100? Gotcha. Okay. That, that makes sense. Thank you for expounding on that a little bit for me. Appreciate and it. just to add on that is uh, yesterday – I guess Toyota Motors had their, uh, I guess, an investor call of some sort. And the Toyota chairman over in Japan stood up there and said, yeah, Apple, Apple's trying to design a car, right? Yeah, they've been talking about this for a while, probably driverless, right? That's their game. And he said, that's fine. They can make a car. Anybody can make a car. They just need to know they need to be in business for 40 or 50 years before it's going to work real well. And it was kind of like, damn, like he just, he just shot down old Timmy Cook there, boy. He was like, yo, bro, you want to play? You Come on, come on. It's going to cost you, but you can play. Come on and play. Now, I'm sure Tim Cook threw his books down and was like, fuck that guy. Oh, I'll make a fucking car tomorrow. Right? Who does he think he is? But, I mean, he was, he was probably trying to game him a little, but – He's telling the truth, right? Yeah. He's, not, he's not bullshitting. And it's the same with Tesla, right? Yeah. Tesla's in year, what, 12, 15, something like that mm-hmm. since they started? He's got some time to go here, bro. And when Volkswagen and all these other cats come in and say, it's just like Eric said, we're going to spend X billion now, and we're going to kill all these other cats. And maybe we don't kill Tesla, but they're going to have raise their price of poker to keep playing. And that's where it gets real tricky. Right, because then now when his Bitcoin maybe isn't doing as well, and he doesn't have a lot of cash on hand like GM does or Volkswagen does or Ford does, and they start really going after him, what can he do? He can go to Mars, which he will do. <laughs> He's going to fly to Coop. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I was a pioneer in electric car companies. Yeah, that's good, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and Buffett used to tell a great story. He's changed a lot, but like he used to say um, back when he was really rolling, he would say stuff like, oh, don't don't think somebody comes up with like some brainiac idea that it's going to work. Right. It, it, it may. It may. And he used to hold up a phone book at his annual meeting and he'd be like, you know, you know, what's in this book, the amount of car companies that have existed in this world. This is the amount of car companies that have existed in this world. And he, and he was basically saying, like, there's three left, and I wouldn't buy one of them. Now, that's changed. And then he, did, he took out a smaller book, and he's like, you know what this is? The amount of airline companies that have existed. <laughs> and, again, I wouldn't buy one of them now. There's, like, 12 of them or whatever it was at the time. But it was pretty interesting because he was, like, saying he talks always about that moat, right? Like, you got to have the moat. And everybody, so, you know, look at airlines, right, for years, right, even even today. You got these big quick carriers that charge a shit ton, you know, really soak it on their business carriers. And then you get these other cats that come in, they're like 19 bucks, nine bucks for a plane ride. Yeah, nine bucks. <laughs> come on, really? Does it have two wings? How many engines on that plane? <laughs> Nine bucks, right? And, and they they can go, they can go for a bit, you know, and 
people are like, all right, I'll, I'll take the $9 fight. I'll try it. You know, whatever. <laughs> They're scary. Well, yeah. I remember. So back one last one with Buffett. So, I, you know, I worked at Freddie Mac and I went to Freddie in 1999. And one of Berkshire's, I think, best returning investments they ever did is they, they bought Freddie Mac when they first went public in the like the early 90s. And so Freddie Mac has Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are du- were a duopoly. They just there's just two of them, and they they insure all of us. So basically, they they have an they're an insurance business, right? That Buffett loves. Buffett loves float. He loves insurance where you get your money in now, and you and you, and you have to pay some of it out later. Like that's he loves it. That's why he, Geico and all that's what he buys. And for years, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae just printed money. They just, they had this market, the U.S. housing market wrapped up. They could charge what the insurance was worth, what the risk was, plus a little more to make them make, make money. And life was great. And then right when I got to Freddie Mac, Freddie Mac decided, you know, like we only have 45% market share and Fannie's got 55 and we want 50-50. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go out and start making all these deals with a bunch of the big, like countrywide, a bunch of the big, big, big mortgage originators, we're gonna we're gonna lower the price of insurance that we charge to guarantee these mortgages. We put them into mortgage-backed securities. Just think of it as a business. Just think of it any insurance business. I'm gonna lower my rates because I want I'm gonna lower my rates to get more market share. And Buffett was like, "Out! You just you just hit the the, the idiot bell just went off. You fucking morons! Like everything's great. Like who gives a shit about you're 45 and they're 55? But we're all making we're all making money here. If you're gonna go out and, and have a price war, and that's what the, that's what these two dingbats did. They got into a price war to the point where it's like if Pepsi and Coke got into a battle to the point where they were making the so it was costing them twice as much to make the soda than it was to to actually you know where, where it's where it's sold for. That's the kind of competition that these two morons got into. And that's half the reason why when, when the housing market blew and why Freddie and Fannie went bust, that they weren't made, they weren't collected enough on the fire insurance they were selling. And when the fire happened, they, they went under, there was no way. So back to the moat, you can't, you know, you want to get in and, and try to do Freddie and Fannie's job. Like, good luck. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not right. going to happen. So that, Warren loved it, and the second they the moat dropped, and they had they helped drop the moat by pumping up all of these mortgage. You know, they pumped up the mortgage like like countrywide to the world, made them fucking fabulously rich to the point where it got to the point in the, in the, when the subprime thing happened, where they were going, "Fuck you, Freddie and Fannie, we, we don't need you anymore. We can do these nice structures where you know we won't get get into all that crap." But they basically they Freddie and Fannie went to war with each other wrote the price of the insurance way too cheap because they were in a price war and basically got rid of their moat. They let, they, they basically unilaterally just let the, let the drawbridge down and let the Wells Fargo's and the countrywide's all these guys into the game. And that's when they blew up. And by then our man Buffett was, had been out for eight years and made a fantastic profit. I feel like we need to focus on that time period for, uh, for entire episodes and just talk about that at some point. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we have some stories. <laughs> I bet you do, yes. Uh, but right now, I mean, Richie, do you have any other picks? Just, uh, no, I'm, I'm sticking with, uh, although for those of you who are in the game or haven't heard, um, TBF, Tom Boy Frank, 
is still a good one to make a play. It's an ETF that basically is uh, backing higher interest rates in the uh, 20-year U.S. Treasuries. I still like that. It's still going up. Um, you know, could it reverse? Yeah. But based on how this COVID bill passed yesterday, there's probably going to be more stuff, right? That the next the next big plan is this like this is just supposedly for COVID relief. But the next big plan in Uncle Joe Biden's bag of tricks is to create some large uh, infrastructure bill, right? Which is going to be another probably two trillion dollars to fix the highways, roads, airports, train stations, what have you in this country. And that's just going to add to more supply of treasuries. And as we know, supply goes higher, prices drop. Prices drop on bonds. That means yields are going higher. Rates are going higher. So I would still do that. So SIF, TBF, and we'll keep the stuff that we have because it's going well. Okay, Richie. You think you're a hot shot. You think you know it all. We understand you're looking for a job. I am. And it's time for that interview. Welcome to Nottingham Capital. Thank you. I'm Vlad. And over here is my, my associate, the other guy. Rohit. <laughs> Hello, Rohit. Rohit and Richie. I'm so glad we could all come together today. Richie. Uh, I think we'd be pretty pleased to have you. But I'm just going to sit back and let you guys do your thing. Okay. All right. um, I just wanted to say uh, the moment, the moment I saw you, Vlad, um, in front of those people that were being not so nice to you. Oh, it's tough. Um, one of your solutions, which I think is brilliant, Thanks. is to... Um, hire more financial advisors mm -hmm. for your platform at Nottingham. Now, can I ask you before we start the interview that Nottingham is, is the place, is this based on the place in England where uh, supposedly Robin Hood and Friar Tuck and all those guys were from? Is that how you named Nottingham? Bro, it's just open to interpretation. You know, it's whatever you want it to be, really. You know, it's, we don't like to put too many labels or restrictions on things here. So whatever Nottingham means to you, that's what that's what it is. Excellent. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the financial advisor job for me um, would really, um, really took hold of me because uh, I think I can help. You know, I think I can uh, help your uh, client base. I think I can help you grow clients. I have a lot of experience in the field. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're looking at your resume, Richie. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, you went to Yale. Mm -hmm. Not not Stanford, but good. But good. good. So, no, no it's, not, it's not Stanford, but it's good. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so um, you worked at the, the J.P. Morgan. And mm -hmm. Then um, Bear Stearns. What is Bear Stearns? It was a um, large investment bank back in the day. Oh. Uh, they were uh, a very big um, dealer of uh, mortgage-backed securities. Mm -hmm. uh, I did not work in that department. I worked more on the uh, corporate bond side, but it was a very fine firm. Why, why, do, why don't I hear about them anymore? 
Uh, they went poof in 2008. Poof. Oh, we don't talk about 2008 here. No, no. And and I, I was not I was not uh, a culprit of making them go poof. I had already left there. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've we've worked in our model to completely to completely get rid of 2008, seven, and nine. Good idea. Good idea. We've back. We've we've done a lot of back testing, and we don't uh, we don't we don't include that uh, that that period of time. Mm. Um, one could say we just completely um, ignore it. Mm. It never existed. Okay, uh, Vlad, would you would you second that in that you can make two thousand seven through two thousand nine anything you want it to be, kind of like the name of your firm? Well, Richie, it's like who's interviewing who here? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry for like not committing to the voice earlier, but now that I've heard Rohit over here sounding like an Indian leprechaun, I'm gonna go a little bit deeper with my impression as well. well I committed visually but not with the voice. So now I'm going to go in with the voice. But Richie, you ask a really good question, and I don't know how to answer it. So I'm just going to kick it to the other guy. Okay. What was the question again? (laughs) Uh, Can we um, just consider 2007? Stop talking about it. Stop. Okay. You want a job here? here, Yes, yes, yes. Very much so. Okay. So you're a financial advisor for us. Mm-hmm. And you have a, a new customer, a new mm-hmm. client. Um, he's, let's say he's 23 years old mm-hmm. and he wants to buy a stock. Okay. Um, when someone wants to buy a stock, what kind of order, like I, what, what kind of, a, of order would someone put into the app um, to buy the stock? What would you recommend? I, I like to buy uh, on a limit basis. So I, I, I come in there and I say, um, this is the price I will pay. I will pay no different. And I will leave the order of what we call good till canceled GTC. So if I watch the market and I don't like the price action, I don't like my price anymore. I can take it out. You see? So I control certain things of that trade. Wicked, wicked. But the, the problem there is what you want the stock, right? Yeah. You want it. Yeah. So if you do that and you don't put in a market order, right? Market order? Oh, market get order. Me the, get me the stock. Get it for me. I want it now. I don't want to wait half the day. And then if it goes up, I miss my chance. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I put in a market order? Why? Or maybe maybe at least join the join the bid? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what, why not? Why not? Yeah, that's what we used to call like, Retail suckers used to do that. What? Like, yeah, like retail suckers, like dumb money. So, like, if you put in a market order, a lot of times, unless the market is like super thin, right? The bid and offer is really super thin, like maybe a penny. Yeah. Then maybe you could do that. We don't deal with those. We deal with bigger ones. You want the ones that are big, right? The big ones, yes, the big ones. Yeah. So, so if I put in a market order as a retail investor. I'm probably going to pay the highest price there is. But, Why you, get would the I stock, but you get the stock. You get yeah. it. But I don't know if I want that price. Like what if you were waiting for GameStop? Imagine what would happen if you put in a, a, a bid, a, a, a limit at 40, and then it went to 90, and you could have just bought it at 42, wherever the market was. Missed opportunity, bro. 
I, I think I would have to um, disagree with you there. I think I think I would advise people to not put in market orders. But why don't we go to the next question? See, we're big on corporate culture here. It's a very big deal, very big deal. In fact, we're rolling out a new initiative pretty soon. The employees haven't been made aware of this yet, but uh, may perhaps we're always looking for new ideas here. And uh, one of the things we're doing is we're going to make every day a theme. Mm. Okay, so we've got Meatloaf Monday, right? Mm -hmm. That's like they serve meatloaf in the cafeteria every Monday. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just funny, you know, that Will Ferrell movie where he's like, Ma, the meatloaf! <laughs> so funny. So everybody loves it. Good vibes all around, you know? Then, of course, we have Taco Tuesday. I mean, don't mess with the good thing. It works. And Wacky Wednesday, but Richie, hmm. we don't have anything for Thursday or Friday yet. So, I mean, is there anything that, what, what can we do? What can we theme out for Thursday or Friday? Do you have any ideas on that? Um, how about on Thursday, um, you know, Thriving Thursday, Thriving Thursday, trying to get better, you know, always trying to get better. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then Friday, maybe like, Free love Friday, like everybody hug each other and, and love each other. That's good, right? You're building on the momentum from Thriving Thursday. Everybody's feeling great. So now right. we all want to make the free love on Friday, bro. Just yeah, so right at the end of the week, everything builds and everybody's happy. Oh, I love it. It's like a financial orgasm at the end of the week. There, there you go. So and we go into the weekend long as fuck. <laughs> all right, here's the, here's the capper. Here's the question. Richie. Mm. So right now, Google mm. is trading at $2,055. Mm -hmm. So you can buy one stock of one share of Google today for $2,055. Mm. Or, or you can buy a call option with a strike price of $2,105. So a little over $90 higher. Mm -hmm. It expires next Friday. So say eight days from now, eight days, mm -hmm. you can buy that for $1,800. So less, it'll cost you less than the share of Google now. So if you buy that option, if it does go to 2,105, and as we know, stocks only go up, you will be in control of 100 shares mm. right? because one, one option contract is 100 shares. Mm. So you'll make a lot more money. So mm. what would you do if I, it, what would you advise your clients to do in that case? Buy the stock or, or I assume buy the option, buy the call uh, option. No, I, I would buy the stock. Um, I would put a, a limit order on the stock because I think I could get it cheaper than 2050. Um, because in eight days, that stock will have to go up, not just the 90 bucks, right? But also the thousand dollars I paid for the, uh, what, what was the price on the option? $1,100? Uh, the 1800. $1,800. Yes. So if that stock is not at $3,800, by next Friday, I lose? Maybe. It's only 18. Remember, the, 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 it did cost you $1,800, but that's on 100 shares. 
So it's only $18 more than them. You'd add that to the right. Right. So it needs, right. To go up. So it needs to go up about what, 3%, 3 to 4%, which is totally achievable. No problem. No problem. Right? If it doesn't happen, then I'm out the money I paid, right? My yeah. 1800 You're not going to be out the money. But if it doesn't happen and I own the stock, don't I get to keep playing and waiting for that stock to go higher? But what are you going to make? Big $10? What, what are you going to make on that versus the option? You'll have 100 shares when that stock know. goes to 2500 I don't know. I, I think the way you're describing it is a big casino, and I'd, I'd rather go to the casino and play because I think it would be more fun. Okay, so... Would you, no, no sell, would, would you maybe would you at least sell a put? No. Oh no. God. Richie, we get paid nothing <laughs> if you buy one share of Google. Hmm. If you buy an option, a call option on Google, hmm. especially if you buy it at, at the market, hmm. we make lots of money. Okay? We make lots of money, you make lots of money, and everybody makes money. Who knows? They don't the, the client doesn't even know that we're making money. But but the client, so let me get this straight. So if the client buys the option close to the money, just like you said, huh? you make money, right? Your firm. Presumably, if I'm the financial advisor advising the client, I get some of that money, right? Because I make a commission. Of course. And the client may or may not make money they may make money but they could lose money but they will but, have so much enjoy think of it the, the down the, the worst that can happen for them is that they get all the excitement maybe they lose a little money but they get the excitement it's like paying for a ride it's what it's all about bro you buy a ticket you you buy a ticket you take the ride so like confetti yes of course so nottingham 100 percent makes money on this no matter what happens to the market right yes me, I get paid on a commission. Yes. So I make money. Mm -hmm. And then the client Correct. may or may not make money. Maybe, but again, he gets a thrill. He gets the ride. He still win. They still win even if they lose. Because he's happy that he's involved in the system. So cool to be here at Nottingham Capital and be in the mix, man. With us? You want to be here? It sounds like you're wrapping your head around our business model now. Look, Richie, I think you should take the weekend, think about it. Yes. Maybe we come back and we ask these questions again, and maybe you've, you've thought about it a bit. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll answer different because we like you. You're in Yale, not Stanford, but Yale. Um, you have a good pedigree. It seems like you like you know the stock market well. Um, I think you just need to study our business model a little bit and, and come back, and if you have different answers on Monday, then, then we, we will think about hiring you. Okay. All right. Um, can I ask uh, one question? Of course. How, how's, how's the business going now that um, I've heard a lot of screaming from people like that you wouldn't think would scream, you know, you guys being like the, the company to bring Wall Street to the common person, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people talking about um, how they're going to stop that order flow business model nah. you know the ones in congress nah. that make the laws nah. like nah. what happens to you if um they do like nah. what are you guys 
profitable or not? Not, about it. not even giving it a, a much thought because you know what? That screaming you hear, that's we're on the roller coaster. It's just a roller coaster. You throw your hands up in the air and you're up and you're down and we're screaming. We're having a great time. It's awesome. Uh, you should play that Cassius song now. To answer your question, Richie, let's let's think about how things really work in the world. Okay, mm. so we are obviously backed by big investors, and um, we have wonderful relationships with some very large firms like Citadel, who have tremendous amount of influence. Morgan Stanley is a spot E Trade, and they're now a part of the whole game where they get this payment for order flow. Mm. So, who's who's Elizabeth Warren? Like she's one person. Mm. Bernie Sanders, one person. AOC, who cares, right? Mm. We have a whole I, lot, I do have a whole building of lobbyists in DC. There's no way this will ever get this will ever get overturned. Mm. I do have a follow-up question. I just Maybe. thought of. Um, I know you two are are big backers of the of the Nottingham firm, and you own a lot of the shares. But do you actively trade like your retail clients trade within the Nottingham uh, framework? Like, do you put your own money, your own hard cash into uh, market order type trades and get the execution that whatever happens, happens, and you're then happy and confetti comes down? Is that what you do with your own money? Or you just keep it and build it back into the business? Are you not stock trader? Richie, I think, um, you know what? The, the, don't take the weekend. I think, we, uh, <laughs> I think I don't think we can get something done here. But have a nice day. What, what, is, what is Thursday again? Thursday is Thursday. Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. You can, have, you can have a thirsty Thursday. Go watch the Big East tournament. <laughs> and we'll all get on with our day. Good day. Oh, so sorry this didn't work out, bro. Yeah, bro. Maybe next time. Good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was good for no uh, no real script. Yeah. I'm sorry you didn't get the job, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> there's always next week. You're going out to Vegas. And you won't need a job. Maybe you won't need a job. All my Indian <laughs> friends are going to fucking kill me. <laughs> Can I just say one thing? Like, speaking of voice impressions, I'm, I'm not sure if I did was good or bad, um, but... Uh, I've gotten so I love Bill Burr, right? Mm -hmm. I, and um, just I mean, think of it, we're we're in this podcast business now, and uh, I didn't know Bill Burr made podcasts. Really? So yeah. So I I watched like the five or six Netflix specials that he has, and I and I I watch them over and over again, right? Because I'll just say, oh wait, me Paper Tiger. Maybe we didn't see that one. I'll turn it on in no time at all. I know it's the one I've seen. I just watched it all over again. So I discovered the I discovered the podcasts. So I listen to him like all day long now. I said, if I'm working, I got the, the uh, someone actually makes a YouTube. It's like 11 hours. It's called, uh, what is it called? Fall asleep with Bill Burr. <laughs> 11 hours. I thought it was 11 minutes. I'm like, what? Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm talking at all like him, but I, I'm thinking my, my mind when I think it's Bill Burr, it's Bill Burr's voice. I was driving up the, I was driving up the road uh, the other day, and I'm I'm a, I'm a chill driver. I, I come from Long Island too, and I'm I'm a chill driver. And in Texas, you become very. And this guy was riding a bicycle, and he was kind of coming off out of the bike lane into the you know into the road, and I'm in my mind, I'm going, 
Get off the road, you fat fuck! <laughs> the fucking white lion. It's the same color as the frosting on that fucking donut you ate this morning. Like, I, mean, I, I can't. <laughs> so. I mean, we all have a little Bill Burr in us. We all do. But mine's all the all the time now. It's yeah. not. I can't stop it. Uh, I don't know if I want to stop it. That's the thing about some podcasts, man. You just form a relationship with these people, and like they don't even they don't even know it, but you're best friends with them. Yeah, and you just take on their their psyche. It's just it's <laughs> part of what happens. Yeah, I mean, you, wow, there's... hold on, hold on. Just this is hit Bloomberg. Okay. U.S. household net worth rose six point nine trillion in the fourth quarter of twenty twenty. So again, the K-shaped recovery. While mm-hmm. some people I don't have a bed to sleep in. Yeah. So back to our whole thing about where the where this where this economy is going. At least the markets are going, and we're. We're going. We're going to go to the moon for a while. I don't know if stocks to go to the moon, but the economy is going to be exploded. Seems like a good place to wrap it right there. Yeah. K-shaped recovery. <laughs> We're going to play that that clip that you made with uh, Taibi over on uh, his Substack. So again, check that out. And uh, Richie, have fun in Vegas, man. Can't wait to hear the reports back of Assless Chaps and all the uh, goings on <laughs> out there. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Take care. Whenever the economy tanks, we get great euphemisms for the comeback. If the whole country gets well together, they call that a V-shaped recovery. If it takes a while, they call it U-shaped. For some reason, they call this an L-shaped recovery, even though the L just means the economy started sucking and kept on sucking. There isn't actually a recovery, but they call it one anyway. Then there's the K-shaped recovery, which is what we're going through now. That looks like this. You'll see serious analysts reference the K-shaped recovery. They may even show you pictures or say things like, while the financial markets recover and grow, the real economy gets worse. In fact, a K-shaped recovery just means that everyone with financial assets does well and everyone else gets fucked. The K-shaped recovery, because you can't put the rich getting richer recovery in a headline.